Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Tech Doctor Podcast. I'm Robert, one of the tech doctors, and fortunately today I have along with me the other tech doctor, Allison Hartley, and Mr. David Woodbridge. We are here immediately after the WWDC 2018 keynote address, which was jam-packed with exciting information that's going to be happening with Apple for the next year, and we are coming to you rough and ready to present the information as we know it right now so that you can hear what went on today as quickly as possible. So this one's not very edited, and yet we'll try to do our best to be as clear as we can. So, Allison, how about WWDC 2018? Well, by and large, I thought it was really, really good. Um, I like that they started with AR. I think for the people who can see, who could take advantage of the AR, it sounds pretty revolutionary. One of the examples they gave was having a guitar that you could see in the air when you customize it on the app. And it, it, I've never really been upset that I couldn't see before until until this all this AR stuff started happening. Um, my favorite of all of the new things, though, was the Siri shortcuts. I think that is going to revolutionize how we all use our iPhones. Good points, and we're going to be getting into all those. And looking forward to hearing your perspective on all this. David Woodbridge, how are you? I'm very well. My exciting bit for the whole keynote, well, besides the fact that it almost went for two and a half hours, which was quite a long time, um, was the was the evolution of the developer species at the beginning of the, the video. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. Oh equated God. developers with the dinosaur evolution, and it was narrated by Stephen Fry, and it was yes. absolutely perfect. Just take it off, David Attenborough. It was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, how the developers migrate to <laughs> WWDC and right. how they... Uh, dress in tribes and it, it was it was it was really cute and i thought a very nice way to get the keynote underway so after the uh, little video we had uh tim come on stage and he said that this year 77 countries are being represented at wwdc um 20 million worldwide developers total wow it's a lot the App Store is the best place to get apps, according to Tim. I sort of thought it was the only place, but yeah. I could say it is the best and the only, right? Um, so the App Store um, will be 10 years old in July. Can you all believe that? It's been, wow, mm. it's our little baby's growing up. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to be a teenager one of these days. Yeah. And it, it's the world's largest uh, app marketplace with 500 million weekly visitors. Can you imagine how a website can even handle or a, a, a store, app store like that can even handle that many people going in and out at one time? It's how much crazy. data must, must come down from there? Just terabytes and terabytes. Mm -hmm. And I believe he said that, that overall Debs had uh, the developers all together had earned over $100 billion. Mm. It's lovely, isn't it? A lot of money. I don't yeah. think it's you know very evenly distributed. A lot of developers <laughs> don't make anywhere near close to the millions and billions. But it it is cool that that whole industry is now in existence. Yeah, that is good. And they uh, Tim talked about how much they really want, continue to want more people to learn to code in Swift. Apple really thinks that uh, programming languages 
are really great for people uh, because it helps them develop problem-solving skills and critical thinking skills. Actually, that, that, that was a really good point, that one too, because I, I always say to people, look, if you know how to code or you've been on a help desk, you can really break down things into individual pieces and then build them up into a whole again, and that's logical thinking. So I, I love the fact that when they talk about coding, they talk about expanding that to problem solving because lots of people go, oh, this doesn't work or I can't do this, full stop. It's like, well... You know, in even you know, talking about my kids' karate, one of the major things that they teach at karate is a failure is an opportunity to learn. A failure yeah. is not a disappointment. It's a learning experience. That's true. I even noticed in one of the videos, um, one of the app developers was talking about the fact that he just gets up ready to fail. And I thought, at least he put the fact that he gets up ready to fail with learning afterwards because I thought fail is not negative experience. Failing is, an, is a positive experience because you're learning all the time. Exactly. And also, I know you've done podcasts on it, and, and I think you've worked with it some too, Alice, and I haven't, but uh, Swift Playgrounds, apparently, it really is quite accessible for people who want to learn coding in Swift. It does work really nicely, yeah. Yeah, I haven't done the Playgrounds, but I know a tiny, tiny, just enough little, little tiny bit of Swift programming to be dangerous. <laughs> dangerous so um they they, today's keynote provided updates on all four of the platforms that is all four of the software platforms and after the video and tim talking a little bit about the app store they started out with what is going to be new in ios 12 and that was with craig (laughs) federici i'm sorry what'd you say I said for a whole hour of iOS 12. Yes. And so, uh, of course, he talk, began by talking about how, as always, it will be a free update. And I guess Apple's proud that they started this allowing updates to be free for their operating systems. And it is a good thing. Went on to talk a lot about AR, as you mentioned early on, Allison. And... Um, they, they, they're going to keep supporting the same devices, even with AR, apparently, that they supported in iOS 11, which goes all the way back to devices from 2013. iPhone oh, so, 5S. It's wonderful. It so, is wonderful. AR is going to be painful on a 5S. Though, yeah. <laughs> Please wait. Please wait. <laughs> Please wait. Spinning beach ball, Yeah. <laughs> He said that half of the customers updated to iOS 11 within seven weeks and did happen to mention that, that the competitor doesn't really have a very uh, substantial updating program in place. Interesting. No, they, they don't no. normally uh, do that, but, but they mentioned the competition today. Although wasn't it the last keynote, it was one of them where they really bagged the hell out of um out of Android that yeah. were going on about they you know, the it like a toxic hell stew or something. Mm. That was like yeah, yeah, but they were, but, but this time it was sort of quite mild this time. Yeah. <laughs> so in iOS 12, they are doubling down on performance. Mm. Um, and they are focusing on making the performance really great on the older devices. And Craig even showed some things with an, iPhone 6 running the beta of iOS 12 and uh, they're optimizing systems under a load is what they're really he said focusing on a lot so the 
software is going to be able to ramp up and ramp down the processor really fast. And apparently this is going to provide quite a, a boost when, when it needs to do something quickly that requires a lot of a load. It's going to happen instantaneously. So that'll be interesting to see how all that works, especially on the older devices. He actually did mention a thing too that it was going to be about forty percent faster. Which, when you hit it on an iPhone, loaded on iPhone ten, is going to be very lightning quick when you launch an app, when you exit an app, bring on the on-screen keyboard. It's going to be absolutely amazing. We had heard rumors that a lot of iOS was going to be really doubling down on performance and fixing bugs, and it sounds like that that's pretty consistent they didn't spend a lot of time on that but it looks like they're really gonna they're really trying to clean it up that's yeah, the impression that, that i got as well exactly yeah i mean it, it's fact every time, as i kept listening i thought this is a real developers conference this one this is all about optimizing your code uh securing it privacy uh, making things faster it was actually really good to see this time mm-hmm and just to delve a little bit more into the AR stuff that you mentioned, Allison, um, they got together with Pixar and created a new 3D file format for AR. And you can place 3D objects into the real world. I don't know too much about exactly how that works. Sounds so cool, though. Uh, Adobe is building a, a 3D um, app that will allow its uh creative cloud apps to to operate in 3d and i think that will be really great for people who edit with those kinds of apps um and adobe users can use this to do a lot of the creative work really enhance the way they go about creativity and there are also there will also be a new ios app uh, to work with ar and creative cloud and it will do what you see is what you get. So it's really pretty cool that they, they're they able to do so much, it seems like, right on these devices. I, I think it's pretty exciting. That is pretty cool. Sorry, that was my Apple Watch talking, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they do that, don't they? <laughs> they do do that. Um, so... Craig said that, that that being able to do accurate measuring is critical in AR, and they have a new app called Measure, um, which will uh, allow you to take measurements. He took a, some measurements of an old suitcase that he had, and he was just able to drag and create a line to measure the edges of the suitcase. I have no idea, and I don't know what you all you do about to what degree any of this will be accessible or not. Actually, the thing that spoke to my mind was, wouldn't it be cool if we could use that almost like a mini guide or a Suno band or one of the other sort of sonar type ultrasound devices where you could actually measure how far objects were away from you yeah. using your phone? Yeah. That would be great. I'm just looking forward to it because there's just there's just that occasional time here and there where you got to measure something and you got to get out the old Braille ruler or the Braille mm-hmm. yardstick one foot, two foot. <laughs> Come on! You know, this, this, I hope that this will, I hope that this will be accessible on, with voiceover somehow. I really do. Yeah, me too. And it's going to be implemented throughout the system, which is pretty interesting to me. It's going to be in things like news, and going to be used on the web, and, yeah. and 
Um, it, it's something that we heard Tim say a while back. He was excited about AR, and I think we're starting to see how it's going to play out in yeah. the Apple iOS operating system. And they've, they're doing quite a bit of development on AR Kit, which is the technology behind AR. And they've got AR Kit 2, which is uh, more sophisticated tracking. There's a sample app to help developers get started. Um, yeah, what, one pretty cool thing about AR2, which I'm assuming you're about to mention, but I'll mention it first because I'm very excited, is Lego. Because I did the demo with the Lego AR Kit 2. That and that's fun. something that might would blow my son out of this world because he plays Lego nonstop. Yeah, and and they Lego showed how they really have combined the physical Legos with the digital world. It seems like it was really pretty cool. I bet your son will love that. Yeah, no. The, 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 as soon as I get twelve, and if it, if it's running in, um, I mean, if it does work in, like the fact that we've got better access to it, then um, I'll definitely give my son a go because. I believe what they had on the, the table was a, an actual physical Lego kit. And then they had the, the virtual digital experience over the top of the real physical digital Lego. Yep. So the real physical Lego. So I thought, wow, that's very cool. Because um, that way you can experiment, put things in different spots and see what things look like. And then if you want to, I guess you can build it along lines, the along the same lines as the digital experience. It's absolutely fantastic. He even built a little town, you know, almost like with a with a bank and a bakery. And I gather from what he was talking about, had the bakery catch on fire or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I mind you, I did feel like it went on a little bit too long. Like it was about into about like the fifth minute. I thought, really, guys, this is starting to feel like a bit of a filling now because you're going on a little bit too long. But originally, it was it was absolutely great. And the cool thing is, you can save the entire experience and go back and work with it again later. And it's really yeah. all about creative play. I mean, pretty cool. Made me want to be a kid again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, was, was this part of the demo or the part of the keynote too, where they mentioned the new file format for AI kit, which I think was something like USD Z. Z. I think it was. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bloody American Z. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Z. Yeah. But yeah. You know, As opposed to Zulu. Okay. And then they turn to photos. I don't have a lot to say about photos. I liked, though, that, that you could share your friends uh, with your friends some photos that you had taken mm. um, on your phone. And maybe you took them yourself. Maybe you had an IRA agent take them or something. Um, but then you, you could all you could compare photos and, and have a complete set because they would look through and see what they had taken as well and then um, suggest photos to share back so that everybody had access to all those photos from that concert that you went to or, or something. So that sounds kind of fun. Yeah, it does mm -hmm. sound kind of fun. And just advancing that whole process of collecting information that's on your device and yeah. using it with other people. Mind you, it was funny the other day. I was listening actually yesterday, as we do this recording uh, after the WDC, they were talking about the fact that how when people travel overseas, they take their smartphones and take picture of pictures in art galleries. And the question was asked, "Why are you taking a picture of a painting in an art gallery? You're actually supposed to be there, which you are in person, experiencing it live." Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you really then go click, click, click and go, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Then you go back to where you came from and go, look at all the lively pictures I took of the pictures. Yeah. 
<laughs> and people do that. They do. Yeah. Uh, oh, dear. Never Next, mind. they got into Siri, and uh-huh. it was pretty exciting, actually. Um, it's Siri's going to work with many third-party apps. There is a new shortcuts feature. Workflow. Yeah, workflow. now we want Apple yes. Workflow. Yes, <laughs> it absolutely is workflow. It's like <laughs> macros for Siri really is what it yeah. is. Mm. It makes it possible for any app to add a shortcut to Siri. And they, they gave an example of the Tiles app. So you can add a shortcut to just speak a command that will cause Siri to activate a tile. So if you have one on a suitcase or something, you can have it start beeping. I, that, that's the, at least that's how I understood it worked. No, that's right. I mean, I, I actually use the Tiles app all the time. And I'm looking forward to, because I'll be doing iOS 12 beta testing, so I'm looking forward to actually testing that out. And it looks really spectacular the way they talked about it, in particular, um, which we'll get to in a minute, I guess, is the um, the app where you can actually create your own personal workflows, which is absolutely amazing. Yes, we now know why Apple bought Workflow, for sure. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm so looking forward to this. And I've had a couple of people on Twitter ask me, but what about AI improvements? What about AI improvements? And a, this is first of all giving um, giving Apple a lot of information that will help, I think, to build those neural networks and to build that and to build that AI um, in an anonymous way. And B, it, you almost don't need it because if this is open to any app, you have complete control over your experience and the shortcuts that you want to use. So you don't need something like a Google. Google assistant because you're making siri exactly what you want it to be on your device it's yeah. it's the only siri like it in the world then actually it was interesting it almost reminded me of now what's that thing that you guys have in the states to do with amazon um, um alexa we, yeah we well, you know where in alexa you can create your own personal um skills yes yes blueprints, With the blueprints. It, yeah. yeah it's it like that that yeah it 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 is sort of like that. It was really nice to see they had a lot of women presenting today. And mm. they had a woman named Kim who apparently is one of the leaders of this development of shortcuts. And she kind of walked us through her day of having Siri help her do various things, everything from reminding her to stop and get the coffee that she usually gets in the morning. And I believe she could even order the coffee somehow. Mm-hmm. Yep. She was able to use Siri to let someone know that she was running late for a meeting, things like that. Mm-hmm. She was able to add a shortcut to Siri for kayak, which um, showed her, her travel plans and would would give her that information when she needed it. So I don't know. It just seemed like from the demo that it was pretty realistic and that it would actually work the way that she was presenting it, which wasn't nearly as futuristic as what seemed like Google was presenting in their demos. And so it sounds like something that's likely to be able to be helpful to people right away as opposed to something down the road somewhere. I agree. 
it's going to revolutionize Siri. It it really is. It is the first, next, and greatest step they've taken so far. Mm. Mind, mind you, <laughs> as the major cook, sorry, my computer's talking. I'm just getting uh, invites to uh, some something something about seed beta testing for upcoming OSs. I've got no uh. idea. <laughs> um, so the thing that disappointed me about it, and maybe this will be an iOS 12 and I didn't talk about it, but I really, really want multiple timers as, you know, I need to do multiple timers when I cook especially. And I just thought maybe the shortcuts will allow me to do multiple timers. I, I hope so, because that's been the one bugbear I've had with Siri for most of the word goes, you know, if, if Google home and the echo can do multiple timers, can I please have that? And then I'll promise to stop whinging about Siri until I think of the next thing to whinge about it. I wonder, I wonder if that was something that was on one of those slides that we don't get to, that we don't mm. get verbalized. Um, it'll be interesting to find out. It is something a- that Apple's gotten quite a bit of criticism for. Yeah. Mm. So I'd be surprised if it's not in there somewhere, but it, but I didn't hear it mentioned specifically. Uh, and, and what was really cool with the shortcuts too, I'm assuming, I think they said it, it will work across your iOS devices and it'll even work on the HomePod, which is just yep. pretty cool. Yeah, you can run them from your HomePod and your Apple Watch. Watch. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Skies will be the limit. Actually, it'll be interesting to see a future if, uh, on in the future you can actually share your custom creations for your little workflows that you've done to share yeah. with other family members or... You know, share them with other people. I mean, that'd be pretty cool too. Or if you could even upload them to the gallery, as long as as long as you're not giving any any identifying yes. information away. Yeah. yeah. So, what do you all think about the logic of this? I mean, I don't personally have a lot of trouble with steer with Siri understanding me most of the time, but sometimes I'll ask something and and Siri will just completely go off the rails and not be willing or able to do what I ask. But will this problem likely be less of an issue with shortcuts it's interesting how they've kind of tried to marry the two the two the sort of the idea of the macro and the 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 uh, speech interface into one thing here how do you all think it'll work well i sure hope that one of those under the hood improvements they've made is making siri be able to understand a little bit because (laughs) i've 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 about sent some very embarrassing text messages to my boss a couple of times because siri did not understand what i very clearly said to her so (laughs) no exactly and look look i've said i mean i've got smart kit stuff all in my house and you know half the time when i say to siri which is the home pod you know h-e-y siri turn on the boys lamps it comes back and says i can't see any toys lights in oh, your yeah. uh-huh. Uh-huh. Toys, lights. i said boys lamp sir. <laughs> so in your experience david do you find that the 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 echo and the the google home device make a lot fewer mistakes than Siri, or do they also sometimes misunderstand? No, they also misunderstand as well. And the, the thing that I'm getting really uh, quite sensitive about uh, about Google Home at the moment and the Amazon Echo is that my Echo will sometimes ask me, who do I want to call for no apparent reason? And uh-huh. my Echo, that's my Echo. And then my Google Home, because I've got accessibility sounds turned on for action on and action off, I can hear it pop on live and pop off again for no, again, and no apparent reason. So, you know, to me, I'm getting concerned about the privacy to do with both Google, Google Home and the Echo. And I've never yeah. had any problems with Siri 
on my HomePod firing off for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. No, I have I have two HomePods now and a stereo pair, and I never have any problem with it mm. not, you know, with it not listening when it's not supposed to. Exactly. Yeah. Then there was a woman named Susan who presented some updates on apps, starting with news and news. Stocks. <laughs> yeah, and stocks, <laughs> which we can all be real excited about. Oh, yes. High five. But news is going to be enhanced uh, quite a bit. It's going to come to the iPad, and there's going to there's be a new sidebar on the iPad, which is going to make it easier to navigate. And as David so enthusiastically shouted out, we're going to have improved stocks. We're going to yep. get news on all of our stocks, and I can get even more depressed when I see how my yeah. retirement fund is just <laughs> dropping, dropping, dropping. That's right. Exactly. So, and stocks is coming to the iPad, and we're also getting a big upgrade to voice memos. No, that it, is a good one, that one. Mm. It's been yeah. rebuilt and will be easier to use. And it's coming to the iPad. And voice memos in the cloud, that's going to be really Yes. The, the idea is, I guess, they'll, the, your, all your voice memos will be in sync like your iMessages are now in the yep. cloud. So you, you, you can use them across devices. There we go. And iBooks is going to become Apple Books. And oh, like, dear. <laughs> that was <laughs> like, really, guys? It's just a bit over the top. I mean, why call it Apple Books for for goodness sake? I mean, yeah, I don't I really mean, care what it's called. If if it's an improvement, uh, there, there's yeah. going to be a new store, and apparently, it's going to be interesting to work with not only the the electronic text but also audio. Audio and books. They're yeah. bringing. I wonder if they'll give Audible a run for their money. I hope so. <laughs> I wonder they 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 won't be audible books right or there'll be some other audio be, books well oftentimes they they will sell the same books that audible sells but yeah Quite I a hope bit more expensive maybe, they'll, maybe mm. they will um maybe they'll start their own subscription service that would be great because audible I'm having so many problems with the audible app right now oh really but, yeah Oh, that's interesting because mine's mine, mine's cool. Well, I was just thinking about the naming convention, Robert. Too. I mean, I guess we've got from Amazon, we've got Kindle Books, mm-hmm. and from Google, we've got Google Play Books. So I guess it mm-hmm. makes sense to say, you know, Apple Books because I, I know when I'm talking about Audible and e, sorry, audio books and eBooks, mm-hmm. I've got to explain which particular thing I'm talking about when I mention yep. them all. So yeah. maybe it's a bit easier when you're talking about the different platforms. I guess. Yeah. We're going to have this all included with a new CarPlay interface for audiobooks. It's going to make it easier to play books without having to be looking at your phone. So you can mm-hmm. see how, how all that works out. I, uh, iOS is going to support a lot more third-party native apps, I, I gather, in CarPlay. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's interesting here in Australia, Robert and Alison, there's a, a new technology that they're going to be introducing and it's somehow going to be using cameras to look inside your car and see if you're using your smartphone. Oh, my Goodness. gosh. That's so the potential is that if you are, you will get a fine because you're not supposed to be using your smartphone while you're driving. So, wow. Wow. That is so invasive. I know, isn't it? Watching so, you. Yeah. 
my goodness, guys, you we're, we're getting to the extreme now. Yeah. So there's a new focus on helping us get become more controlled about how much we use our phones. Craig talked about this quite a bit. There's a new set of built-in features that uh, limit us from being able to distract ourselves with our phones. Uh, Do Not Disturb will have a, um, a, a, some several new features, but uh, will... And so will notifications allowing us to do things like tell do not disturb when to when to go off automatically and being able to group things together like when I'm in this situation add a add do not disturb for this amount of time things like that so it sounds mm-hmm. like they're they're really doubling down on this whole idea of helping people not distract themselves. I'm not sure quite how I feel about that I mean that's great, I guess, but I kind of rather be in control of those things myself. I feel like that's my choice if I want to be distracted. If I if I want to be addicted to my smartphone and own that addiction, I guess it makes sense for kids. Um, but for adults, I feel like I don't want to be babied, and I feel like Apple's trying to hold my hand a little bit too much here. No, but it, it, I mean, the part of that too is the is the screen time component, and particularly as a parent, I want to be able to monitor which you can do in oh, iOS, sure. yeah, to see what apps they're using and how much time they spend on them and so on. And you can do that through family sharing. You, you're yeah. going to be able to monitor uh, your kids' reports. screen time. Yeah, because one of my little guys isn't an, is an absolute – he loves watching his iPad all the time, which he doesn't mm. need to do. And mm. um, it's great where you can start – I think you can set reminders and you can set timers and, and everything else. So it's like parental control, you know, sort of on the Mac in a way, the full power of that type of system. So – I'm going to be looking forward to that. It's going to drive my children yeah. crazy, I think. Yeah, it is. It's going to get even crazier around there. Um, so the, um, there, there's going to be a new way to turn on and off notifications and to organize and group notifications. Thank and God. it's called instant tuning, if I got that correctly. And you're going to be able to hopefully work in a much more quick and easy way with notifications. We'll be interesting to see how that works when it's actually available next year. That's good because right now it's a pile. <laughs> it is. Yeah, exactly. So, you no, know, I mean, being able to grip them on your lock screen. And the other thing that I liked was the fact that you can tell it to not give you notifications from apps you don't even hardly use anymore. I mean, that was another feature <laughs> like as well. That. Supposedly, mm. you know, there's going to be a one, one sort of swipe command that will let you deal with a whole group at one time. Mm-hmm. Mm. I yep. think it'll oh, be nice. Facebook, swipe away. Yeah. <laughs> and every week you're going to get a report on your screen time, how you used your phone, which apps you used, how long you used them, and so forth. And you can make better decisions, David. You'll no longer be wasting all your time just goofing around with your phone. I think that should be an opt-in. Again, it feels a little bit paternalistic on Apple's part to to be sending me a report about that when I'm a 33-year-old woman. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you can turn it on and off that. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be some sort of toggle that you can turn it on yeah, and off. It have to be because that's ridiculous otherwise. But if, it, if you can turn it off, then great, you know. <laughs> I'm sure you can. You've yeah. used Twitter for... 15 hours for the yeah. last <laughs> I don't I don't want to know. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's the real thing. You don't you don't want to have to face 
the reality. Yeah. It's of... like the calories on the on the menus now. I'm like, I was much happier before I knew that I just <laughs> ate two thousand calories. You know? <laughs> can I just enjoy the food? Can I just enjoy yeah, the food? Because I'm gonna eat it anyway. So. <laughs> enjoy ourselves yeah <laughs> and we moved on to emojis, and we have a whole new thing called tongue detection <laughs> <laughs> oh dear bless sighted people yes you can oh. stick your tongue out now in your emojis oh boy that's something to look it, forward to it's a beautiful thing isn't it this is what technology's yeah. come down to yeah. yes <laughs> i paid two thousand dollars to be able to stick yeah, that's right <laughs> Oh dear. And there's a new person and emoji called Memoji, which you can use your own. I thought you could already do this, but you can use your own likeness to create. To do all kinds of. I wonder when we're going to get the first inappropriate Memoji. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's already been sent to I was going to say probably the day that this thing is released, if yeah. not during the beta. Yeah. It's really funny when Apple talks about, you know, screen time and reducing your smartphone usage and everything else, and they start doing these other idiotic things about emojis and emojis and tongue emojis and so on. It's like, aren't you just contradicting yourself? You're just giving more excuses for people to play. 100% perfect. yes, yeah. <laughs> that is true, but those things are re really popular. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. That's why they do it, you know. A woman yeah. named Kelsey presented on Memoji and – Again, you know, it's really cool to see all these women heading up these teams, getting up there Absolutely. and being on the international stage like that. Yeah. She went through all about how she could create her hairstyle and add earrings and glasses. It was, it was cool. Yeah. It's one of those side of things, guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, you're right. It's it's it, it's definitely a visual thing, and I mean, I, I must admit, my wife and my son. They've, I mean, my wife's got an iPhone 10, and um, I mean, both her and my son like sh sending emojis to each other. So, you know, at least part of the family can enjoy that sort of stuff. And I'm yeah. sure my son will enjoy sticking his tongue out of his mum anyway. So. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and mom will really enjoy it too, no doubt. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, next, Craig talked about FaceTime, and this is something that Allison and I have been wanting for a long time. I FaceTime cheered. I is was now, so happy. yeah, it's now going to support groups. Yeah, so you right. can, and they did a did an example where they called back to Cupertino and played around with some people at Apple. Yeah, I assume it's video and audio because we we'll, we could use it then for for recording. You yes, know, you can do either video and or audio. Yeah. And up to 32 people, which is pretty amazing. amazing. Yeah. Imagine if we did a podcast with 32 oh, people. Lord, I'd have to look at, everybody would have to have a, have to have like a buzzer and they'd have to buzz in to talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it'd be really interesting. You know how when, if you use Zoom on iOS and even on actually the Mac, it works with the built-in speech. The person mm. who's talking gets announced, particularly on the Mac. So if somebody's talking in Zoom, it'll say Robert's talking or Alison's talking or, or something oh. like that. Um. And that's going to be amazing. It'd be interesting because they said that whoever's talking, their tile becomes brighter. Yes. Mm -hmm. Just wondering if that will then translate into voiceover going, well, if that tile's active, I'll let the voiceover user know which person's speaking. That would be cool. I hope so. I would love that I so really much. hope so. Yeah. But yeah, but 32 people is going to be absolutely amazing. I mean, I love Zoom because it's a better improvement on Skype, but um, it'll be to see how FaceTime group group goes because I've had a, a, lots of people ask me over the years, why can't FaceTime do, you know, group chatting? You can sort of do it if you muck around with Apple IDs, 
but um, this is going to be absolutely amazing. It's a wonderful free alternative for people who all have Apple devices. Yeah. Hmm. It's way better than Skype, honestly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, goodness, yes. Yeah. I think a step up from Zoom, honestly, too. I mean, I love Zoom, but I think FaceTime is better. Well, and, and Zoom is actually quite expensive if you need to host a podcast. I need a, yep. I need a pro account. Pro account. Yeah, that's it's free. It's built in. You do not need any existive or any third-party technology. You can use it out of the box. You can just <laughs> put it out, pull it out of the box, fire it up, and that's it. Away you go. Yeah. And and also, if you want to, David, you don't even have to open up the FaceTime app. You can do it right in Messages. Yeah, that's cool, isn't it? Yeah, you can just switch over. You Lovely. can just switch over. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a big improvement to FaceTime. I'm looking forward to trying it out. I hope that Rogue Amoeba will, and I'm sure they will, get Audio Hijack working really well for recording FaceTime. That's been a now. Did a, they mention also too in the keynote that you could at least do the audio on your Apple Watch when you're doing a group FaceTime chat? Yeah, they did mention that. Isn't that crazy? Mm, so that's quite clever as well. So if you can't. You can't attend the meeting via your iPhone. At least you can still attend via audio only on your Apple Watch. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, what you do, hold your watch up to your head, or maybe you could get yourself some of those fancy new AirPods and wear those and (laughs) listen to the audio, huh? Yeah. Well, that was a nice segue, David, because Tim then went on to talk about Apple Watch, and you just took us right there. Way to go. (laughs) It's number one in customer satisfaction. Grew 60% last year. We don't know from what to what, but 60%, I guess, is pretty good no matter what. <laughs> yeah, right. fun with numbers. <laughs> uh, and then he, then he talked about how a, a couple who was out boating, the husband had a medical emergency. The wife was able to use her Apple Watch to call 911 and save his yeah. life. Amazing. Pretty yep. cool. And, of course, the emphasis still is on a lot of its own health. Um and it's going to be Watch OS 5. No big surprise. Kevin Lynch, who seems to be the watch man, mm. presented about Watch OS 5. And it seems like in, in a lot of ways, it's just a lot of improvements to health. And um, the, the, I guess they've improved the sensors to some degree, I didn't really quite fully follow the sensor discussion. Did either of you all? Well, actually, it was quite interesting because I like the way he summarized the, the watch OS 5 because he said it's about activity and it's about communication. So with the activity one, I'm assuming what they're doing is making the, I mean, it's, I'm assuming it's from a software point of view, making the things a little bit more sensitive and, and aware of what the Apple Watches are doing, particularly when they were later on, you know, just a little while talking about automatic workouts that the app, the Apple Watch will detect when you're working out and automatically, you know, do the appropriate workout for it. But, um, but yeah, I, I just thought the improvements that we're, we're going to be talking about in a minute about the Apple Watch from a software point of view is pretty amazing. The only thing I'm a little bit sad about is that we'll only go back to Watch Series 1. It won't work on the original Series 0. Mm-hmm. But you got to admit, Series 0 was a really slow watch. Yeah, it had an extraordinary them, run. For, yeah. <laughs> Oh, my poor watches. Never mind. <laughs> it's going to be able to be better about detecting if you're working out and, and going ahead and starting to track it. If, mm. if you forget to start it 
And if you forget to stop it, apparently it's going to be better detecting that and re- remind you that your workout is over and you can go have a milkshake or whatever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it knows me pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, what was good about it too, it included a um, the yoga workout in the workout panel oh, now. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, exercise. And if you're hiking, that's also included. And one of the really cool things for runners, it'll give you a um, – account of your steps i think it was i don't know if it was over a minute so a mile or whatever else it might have been but mm-hmm. i think that's good because you can check what your cadence has been if you're running a five mile you know run then you can check what your cadence has been for you know per mile or something i think apple has really hit a home run with with the watch and health stuff i mean you know uh it seems to be very popular with people no, that's really good. I mean, the actual fact, I've, I've been using the Apple Watch a lot lately for exercises and the way he was talking about, particularly with the rings now, where you can actually do a challenge. You can do a seven-day challenge. Yeah, that's what fun. Fitbit does with their challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's a really great way to motivate and inspire yourself to do a lot more working out when, you've, when you can challenge other people and see if you can fill your rings in fast. Because I think what he said was, each point on the ring, then you get a, a point for that. So, you know, it's not like, oh, no, you've got to close half a ring to get some points. It's no, no. Every time you do a percentage point close on your ring, that's a point towards you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a way for people to motivate each other. Mm. It's true. And if you're out motivating yourself and someone else and you get bored along the way, you can use this new real-time walkie-talkie app to just talk right. to each other. Sorry. so you can just talk to your favorite person and motivate him or her all day long if you want and it actually was pretty cool when they uh they had a a demonstrator show it and talking to her daughter and it yeah it was cute it was pretty cute is that similar to the app that they had which i used to use last year the year before was it called haytel or something it was like a walkie-talkie yeah it seemed like it was similar yeah but 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 i don't think there's been such a thing on the watch before no no but that's going to be really cool because i mean i I actually use a series three watch and my wife has got one as well and just be able to do very short conversations rather than making a phone call Mm -hmm. i think it's going to be really good because half the time i've got to say to her you know have you left karate yet um, shall I put dinner on? I mean, they're just very quick questions and I don't want to dictate them half the time because as yeah. Alison mentioned, Siri sometimes gets the wording wrong. Whereas yeah. unless you my phone call, oh, sorry, a live, you know, walkie-talkie chat, then you're just listening to each other's voices anyway. Yeah, I think it'll be cool. Hmm. And they've got a new Siri watch face where you're going to be able to add shortcuts on your watch face, which I'm betting people will find really handy and you're no longer going to have to say h-e-y siri you just can raise your wrist if you have that turned on and talk to siri and people will think you're either off your meds or not know exactly what's going on but anyway you can... how it's going to work there robert because like lots of people raise their wish raise their wish raise <laughs> their wrist to look at their watch that's one of those tongue twisters isn't it yeah um, because if you you know, if you lift up your arm, most people do that to actually look at the watch to get the time. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, is that going to trigger Siri so you're going to have the interface of Siri on the screen versus what you want to actually look at, which is the watch mm-hmm. itself? It's going to be quite yeah. interesting. You're going to have to learn how to raise your wrist and not talk at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. and, the, and the people who talk with their hands are going to be in real trouble. Cause... Yeah. 
I, I keep that raised on wrist thing turned off. Mm. Me but, too. Yeah. You know, I, I'm sure a lot of people, probably most people use it. Well, it's actually funny at the moment because I've got most of my HEY Siri functions turned off. The only thing that's on in my house is my HomePod. Oh, because yeah. Me like, too. Because I can actually getting, yell at it. was getting confused otherwise. Exactly. And yeah. I mean, I can yell at the HomePod from anywhere in the house to, to yeah. do what I need to do. So otherwise, I've just had so many rat bag things go off. Like my Mac goes off and my iPhone, my iPad. It's like, come on, guys, seriously? I'm, can I only just talk to one of you? Yeah. Oh, I don't. I hardly ever have that problem. Even if my phone's in my pocket, I'm if I'm near the HomePod, it my phone almost never re- does anything. Oh, my, my phone, phone used my phone and my watch used to always try to take over. Interesting. Exactly. I guess I have it turned off on the watch. It's just on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now you're going to be able to do a lot more with notifications uh, in Siri. On the watch screen, I'm not sure exactly how it will work, but you're going to be able to deal with web links and messages. Mm, that's good. that's going to be nice, isn't it? Be able to look up a web page if you want to. If, you, if you've got a link in a message or on mail, it, from what it sounds like, because it's using WebKit, um, and it said it will actually activate reader mode, which takes out all the HTML coding. Mm-hmm. That's going to be really interesting to look at a web page. I'm assuming you won't be able to, you know, probably tap on the links, but whatever the page is that you're viewing you'll be able to see it on your, your very, very tiny watch screen. And it's every time somebody talks about a, a tiny watch screen, go, ha, 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 us voiceover users, we don't care about the size of the screen. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. And they're going to bring the Apple podcasting app to the watch. It's going to be able to download podcasts in the backgrounds. In the background, it's going to be able to stream them. And... It, they're going to be kept in sync across all your devices, I guess, obviously, assuming that you use Apple Podcasts and all your devices. Uh, things like the Talking Tech Doctor podcast, the, the IC podcast, and David Woodbridge, the Talking Tech radio program for David Woodbridge. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you use Apple Podcasts, I don't think most people do. But <laughs> but people may be more tempted uh, to use it, know. perhaps. Exactly. Yeah, David, yeah. You know, don't let um, reality get in the way of things here. <laughs> And a woman named Jewel did uh, sort of a demonstration of a lot of these features, including some of the features with working out. In fact, she was working out while she did the demonstration, and I noticed she got a little out of breath before she got done. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but it, it looked like, you know, it's a nice update, in my opinion, to watch OS. Although the question I had, Robert, and you and Ellison as well, what's what's Pride Month? Because they were talking about the new watch Pride. Oh, it's LGBT fans. Yeah, it's it's LGBT Pride Month here in the States for um, lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender folks. So it's oh, okay. a whole month worth of activities surrounding surrounding okay. Pride. Well, that's how much that's how much I take of the US these days. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's good. But I, I believe the bands are available from now and you can also have the appropriate pride watch, watch face to go yeah. with your band as well, which is pretty cool. They're going to let you do more with certain types of ID features. They said that some universities are going to support a student ID feature on the watch that will let you do things, walk up and unlock your dorm room. I don't know how that's going to be implemented exactly, but apparently it will be supported at some universities anyway. Makes me want to go back to school, almost. <laughs> almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah almost. <laughs> I can actually pretend I'm back at school because I go there every day. So. Yeah. 
I don't know if they'll <laughs> let me unlock someone's dorm room. I'm kind of doubting. I don't think so. <laughs> let me just sign this confidentiality agreement first. Maybe, maybe, a, maybe an empty one just for testing purposes. Yeah, that's maybe, right. Exactly. Maybe so. <laughs> Next, Tim talked a bit about Apple TV, and they're all excited about 4K, which was introduced last September. And they've added quite a few new features. Someone named Jen did a presentation. She's one of the lead designers, I guess, of 4K TV. Mm. And yeah. they want, they're still really wanting to make it be the center of your living room. They talked about all that iTunes offers in terms of 4K content. Uh, and, and Netflix and Amazon also offer some as well. Um, Adobe Atmos is coming in this software revision, which is going to allow your 4K Apple TV to have great surround sound, mm. apparently. Immersive sound, immersive sound experience. I'm assuming those speakers are probably not very cheap either, I'm assuming. You need an Atmos-compatible soundbar. I'm going to look and see how much one of those runs because I want to get something for our Amazon TV anyway. But uh, that's going to be really pricey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'll just stick with my HomePod for the moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of good. Uh, Robert, can I just switch back to the Apple Watch briefly before I forget this point too? They talked about the fact that um, third-party apps on your iPhone will be able to stream their audio over to the Apple Watch. So the immediate thing that I thought about was, gee whiz, I, I really hope that Audible takes advantage of that because I'd love to hear oh, Audible through my AirPods on my Apple I Watch. I do too. Yeah, that would be really great. And I'm sure that... Marco Armand is going to look at it for the Overcast app. He's been wanting that for, for a long time. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah another. Yeah. Glad you thought. I want to... to be able to use the watch speaker, though. I know it's not a very good speaker, but there are times when I'm just around the house and I just want to hear something real quick, and I, I want to listen to it through my watch, and I don't want to have AirPods. Because isn't it with just press record, you can. Can you listen to it with the? No, you can't listen to it the speaker in the watch. No, can you can. You, you, you can listen to it with the watch speaker, just, but it, yeah, with just press record, you can. Yeah. But it's not very. But I'd loud. like to just be able to quickly. I'd like no, to just be able to quickly hear my podcast or something if I'm cleaning yeah. or what have you, just on yeah. my little watch speaker. Do you think you'd yeah, be able to hear it? I think so. You have to clean quietly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't run the vacuum cleaner. Well, the Mary maids do most of it, so <laughs> I just. Here and odd here and there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, back to the Apple TV. <laughs> so they say that they're they're bringing a lot more live news and live sports. I'm not sure how that works. I, I, it's really confusing to me still about what you have to have a, a cable subscription for and what you don't need one for. Do you all we understand don't. how this works? It's not. It's not very. Um, it's not very clear to me. And honestly, I haven't had my Apple TV hooked up for months now that I have this Amazon, this full accessible Amazon TV. Um, but maybe I'll give it another try when this new TVOS comes out. You don't have to have any more sign-on hassles. If if apparently the Apple TV is going to be able to know if you have a cable provider and if you're signed into their website is going to take care of everything being signed in for the different applications that you have subscription to on your cable system that they kind of started last year with single sign on, but it, it, it seems like yeah, they've really advanced it. <laughs> zero right sign now, on. Only, yeah. Right now it's only charger spectrum. So yep. um, if you're Xfinity or anything else, then 
Yeah. I just can't see Comcast doing that with um, in the states with the Apple TV at all, really. So yeah. it's not quite yeah, there. Still. The, the TV thing is, is just a mess, in my opinion. It is. Mm. It kind of is. It's probably the you know Apple TV, especially. It's probably the product for which I see the the least use for me anymore, honestly, because I could see myself getting another Mac down the road. Um, I love my Apple Watch, my HomePod, my iPhone, but there are things that are less, you know, of a hassle that have replaced mm. the Apple TV for me. I mean, my, my cable box is completely accessible, so I can just switch to that and, and use that for a lot of on-demand and stuff. Okay. do a lot of that on my phone. Yeah, uh, I think one thing maybe you've done that I haven't done is you, didn't you you have you have an accessible TV? I do. I got one of the Amazon uh, mm-hmm. the Element 4K TVs yeah. that has VoiceU built into it, and it's fine. It lets me do Netflix. It lets me, um, it, you know, that's mainly what I use it for is Netflix. And then switching over to the cable box and switching over to the Xbox and stuff. So mm-hmm. we turn our TV on about once a year. You turn you know, your TV on. <laughs> <laughs> We we almost never use it. Vicky watches movies and everything on her iPad. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I'm doing more and more on my phone with with TV and movies too. Actually, it's funny here. I've just got myself an accessible smart TV, which is one of the Samsung series range with um, voice guide built into it. Mm-hmm. And what I like about that is that quite. I mean, I've got like an Xbox, Chromecast, and an Apple TV hooked up to it. And I used to, the only thing I I love about it is the fact that I can now through speech output, change the source back from the Xbox back to the Apple TV or Chromecast if I want to, because otherwise I'd have to say to the boys, when you finish playing with your Xbox games, can you just put it back on the other source for dad? Because otherwise <laughs> I'm going to have to keep nagging you to put it back all the time. Yeah. Now it's all nice and independent now. So yeah, the Apple TVs, yeah, I mean, I'm sort of with Alison a little bit. It's it's falling behind a little bit. And, you know, the Apple TV was originally used and so was the iPad for your home kit hub. But now, of course, the HomePod's, your home kit hub so you really don't need an apple tv to be even the you know the remote system for your app for your home kit devices at home anymore yeah mm. yeah that's a good point so do you all know i didn't really i don't really know what this aerial system is this is what jen talked about next apparently it lets you do some sort of real-time viewing she gave the example of oh, you can view screen savers view it's things from the space station beautiful screen savers that that they show yeah. Um, and now they're recording okay. them from space. Yeah, it was just a nice beautiful night. and great. Yeah, yeah. It was just a nice night. I mean, it sounded beautiful about they said the lights, yeah. the lights coming over, and you can see the the the, the Mediterranean, whatever else it was, in the ocean and the blue water and everything else. So, yeah. I think I think Ariel is just a new name for look at these fantastic new wall wallpaper screensavers we've got. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that that clears it up for me because I didn't realize they were talking about screensavers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's cool. And then Tim came back and moved on to the Mac. My favorite one. And you know what? He said the Mac has been empowering people for 30 years. I missed that bit. Did he? Yeah. How about that? (laughs) I missed that one. So Craig talks about the next Mac OS, and it's going to be called Mojave. And I had to look up. I had to look it up on the internet how to spell that blasted name. Yeah. I thought, come on. I was like, it's it's nice to have things after you know California, but can we just have sort of simple names so we can work out how to spell them? Yeah, M O J A V E. Yeah, J. Yeah, exactly. Oh, J. Yeah. <laughs> right, never mind. 
and they've got a new dark mode for Mojave, which I'm always operating in dark mode. So it wasn't that exciting to me, but it sounds like people think it looks really good, especially when you're doing things like Xcode. Yes, low, low vision people. Yeah, and it makes yeah. makes things pop out and you know easy to look at. You know, I guess you don't get glare because the screen's dark and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna have much more flexible desktops. We're gonna they're gonna change from morning to afternoon to evening if we like. Yes, and we're gonna have new desktop stacks where you can stack up all your junk into organized stacks and drag stuff off the stack and move it to another stack mm-hmm. and oh boy. It almost sounds I, like fancy folders, almost, doesn't it? It does. I keep very, li- I keep very little on my desktop. Me too. Um, especially when I had a Mac, I had just oh. like two things. My wife doesn't. Her desktop is disgusting. <laughs> She's just got because she does scrapbooking, so she takes a lot of photos of scrapbooking mm-hmm. and posts them on the web and YouTube and everything else. So her desktop is her basically her live home folder all the time. Oh, okay. So okay. I, I hate going near the family Mac because I get mm. to the desktop. Think, how am I going to find this icon when there's about 300? Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Hopefully you know the first letter of it. That's the one. Yep. <laughs> and there's going to be a new view in the Finder called the Gallery View. And it's mm. going to be easy to preview images and documents and PDFs and photos and so on. How about that? Sounds very exciting. You can see know. metadata in photos in this gallery. You can see your metadata. Yep. Which actually, actually, when I think about it, that's going to be really important for, for my family. So, I mean, they're always taking photos. So, be able to see your metadata is really, really, and it even tells you what camera you took the photo on, which is pretty cool. And you can even use markup in this view to edit things without opening the thing, whatever it is. Using, mm. Just using Quick Look. Mm. So we'll see how that works out. Yes, because I I I I assume that preview and quick look must be the same thing. Because must be. Yeah, because I I always get confused by the two of them. Actually, I was like, you're talking about preview or quick look? (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't. I've always called it preview, like you. Yeah, so have I. Mm. Yeah. And we've got more things you can now do with screen capture. You can capture video. So I guess in some ways, some some of that might actually be useful. There's a, more has been done with continuity. You can use the camera on your iPhone to take a photo and have it show up on in a document on mm. your Mac, if you like. Pretty cool. Mm. That's very cool. You can cool. scan documents with your phone and have them show up on your Mac, which which might be useful. Yeah. And David, you'll be happy to know that news is coming to the Mac. You will now that's be informed be, on your Mac. Stop. That's going to be really cool, actually, because I, I mean, I do that talking tech radio program once a week, and just the amount of material that I've got to search for on the internet about stories for each week mm-hmm. is be fantastic. Because the, the machine I work on the most is my Mac, so if I can just stay on the Mac doing things, the more I like it. So that's going to be absolutely brilliant. Of course, you won't have time for the news because you'll be too caught up in the stocks app, which is coming to the moon. <laughs> and, and even if you get get tired of stocks, you can just switch over and use voice memos for a while. That's right. I know voice memos on the Mac. That's going to be actually. It's going to be really cool, isn't it? Because when I mentioned just press record a while ago, I mean that syncs up to you um, to your Mac as well. So now it's almost like we've got voice memos between the iPhone and the Mac. So if you record 
something on your iPhone, then it's going to come over to the Mac and you can re review it and do all sorts of things with it. So I think particularly for people that just want a simple recording app mm -hmm. that they know with voiceover, I think it's going to be really great, particularly for students. I look yeah. forward to it. Mm. And of course, you're excited about, I'm sure, the fact that you can are going to be able to use home apps on your Mac, even with Siri. That's going to be really cool too. No I more, mean, I, no more having to get out your iOS device to control your home. No, no. And look, I often will say to Siri when I'm when I'm really busy, you know, turn on the boys' lights or uh, check the temperature in the house or what's the outdoor temperature or, or do or turn the heater on in the in the bedroom, whatever else it might be, because it's winter here in Australia and. Um, and I keep forgetting. It's like, I'm sorry. Like, I hate hearing, I'm sorry, I can't do that from here. And it's like, what do you mean you can't do it from yeah. here? So, um, <laughs> I no. think that is annoying. And I think that's going to yeah. change quite a bit in the next Mac OS. Sounds no, like. Yeah, to me, that's really cool. I, the fact that HomeKit's finally come to the Mac, I think at last I can, I can use my real computer to do things now. Yeah. Craig spent a few minutes talking about security and privacy. And they're going to even work harder to protect your data and your information. And I guess they said somehow they're going to be protecting the privacy of your camera and microphone and all, all, all other sensitive data. I didn't, they didn't really explain, at least not that I can understand it that well, exactly how that's going to work. But he just said that's going to be happening. It sounds like they're really doubling down on, particularly with the things that he mentioned to you was when you do the, the, I think it was the like stuff on some web pages. They're going to be trying to trap that and block that. It, it sounds like they're really oh, doubling down on privacy now. Like anything that you don't want exposed from your, I'm assuming your Mac in this case, is not going to go anywhere. So, because apparently I was listening to somebody else talk this morning too after the after the uh, the developers conference and they said. You know, Google will Google will hate this type of um, methodology because that's mm -hmm. how Google gets a lot of their information. Whereas Apple goes, well, we're not Google. We don't need to grab all your personal information, so we don't care. So we're going to block it all. Yeah, they talked about how a, a lot of app tracking systems will search for things like fingerprints, which are the particular fonts that you use, and things like that, and will will mm -hmm. use that to track you across different. Mm -hmm. Uh, places that you go on the internet and they're not going to allow mm. that to be done. So yeah. it's going to make it much harder for the trackers to keep up because all they said that all Macs will look alike to trackers. Mm. They're not going to know who you are in yep. particular, which I'm, I'm glad to see it. Honestly, it's cool that they yeah. take this stance. I think no, it's very good. Yeah. No, they, they really take privacy as a, a, a major concern. It's lovely. And it's also coming to iOS 12, a lot of this privacy, um, this new doubling down on privacy. And next, a person named Ann talked about the fact that there's going to be a new Mac app store. And a lot of people have really wanted this for a long time. I don't know if it's going to have everything that a lot of people have wanted, but it sounds like it's they've completely revamped the map app store it's been it's been redesigned and hopefully it will work well they're going to be uh, there's a new discovery tab and mm. there's going to be um, a new way for developers to highlight what what they have to offer it'd be nice honestly if it brought back some interest in the mac mm. app store it'll never be huge like ios but 
but it, it is pretty cool, e- even with even though a lot of people say it's been neglected for too long. It is pretty cool how if you are using apps from the Mac App Store, they so automatically update. They they automatically install. When you set up a new Mac, it's really easy to get all your apps that you purchased through the Mac App Store. So it's nice to see this get a little bit of love, I think. No, it is. Yeah. Mind you, the, the thing about the Mac App Store too is that you know – that when you download apps from the Mac App Store, that you're not, you don't have any chance. Hopefully, ninety nine point nine 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 percent chance of not getting any malware, antiviruses, or anything else because you're getting it from the Mac App Store. And what I found that was really exciting was that a number of third party apps that weren't available from the Mac App Store will become available. So in particular, they mentioned that Microsoft 365 yes. later on this will be available from the Mac App Store, and for lots of my clients that's going to be a lot easier way to get Microsoft Office on their Macs rather than have to go through the Microsoft website. They can just go to the Mac App Store, type in Microsoft, hit install, and off you go. It's going to be absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's going to be great. And it's not just uh, Microsoft, interesting, interesting enough. It surprised me that uh, apparently Adobe is bringing apps back to the App Store. And it really surprised me that Panic, the makers of Transmit, are coming to the app store with transmit, which is an FTP client for the Mac that I use. And it's great to see, see that happen again. And apparently bare bones software is going to be bringing their editor to mm. the app store. So they're, they're they, these are pretty popular Mac mm. apps that are coming to the Mac store. They, they must've really wanted developers that have some clout to, to get back in there. Exactly. Craig then talked some about next generation technology, talked a lot about metal, which is part of Apple's uh, graphics approach and how they're improving metal to do offer more graphics capabilities and more speed and work well with games like that. I don't know too much about metal. It's also involved with machine learning. Do you all have any comments on metal? Not really. Okay. <laughs> it's interesting. It's it's yep. you know, um, it's interesting to see how it will uh, be applied to machine learning and how that could potentially maybe benefit us one day. But until it does, I'm kind of like it's just an, one of those neat things you hear about. Yeah. Then Craig put a big rumor to rest. He said that m- merging between Mac and iOS is not happening. Well, there's a big surprise. <laughs> Mac users have access to great apps, though. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that a lot of times there are iOS apps that work really great on the Mac, and they are working on a multi-year project to make it much more easy to bring iOS apps to the Mac and in phase one which is this year they're only going to focus on their own apps but next year they're going to open this possibility up to developers so it'll be interesting to see how that works especially for iOS apps that turn out to work really well on the Mac and they gave some examples like David's favorite stocks and news (laughs) and are already going to be there this year So it's interesting to see definitely not a merging, but a bringing together of, of the best of what will likely work. 
But mind yeah. you, what, what you also pointed out was the fact that the Mac is a desktop. It has a it has a screen, it has a trackpad, it has a keyboard. So what they were talking about when you bring an, an iOS app from over from iOS to Mac OS, then the development will say then that this application now has to work with a trackpad, a mouse, a keyboard, and a non-touch screen. So they're not just saying you, you just can't import it across. It has to be an appropriate interface to use it on the, the desktop version of the app. So right. that bit. So we'll just see. I mean, I've, you know, we've got already got lots of apps on the Mac already. I mean, we've got maps there. We've got messages there. So we've already got apps already that sort of emulate what's on iOS anyway. But it's going to be just to see how this new, the voice memo one, the stocks one, and the news ones work. Yeah, it is going to be. Well, then Tim came back and just kind of closed out the whole thing by summarizing a bit about what was covered and played a video uh, which was a tribute really to developers. I thought this was this keynote was very developer friendly. They they really I think made an effort to to highlight the things that developers would want to know about it. It didn't seem nearly as I don't know commercial oriented as some keynotes have have felt yeah. to me in recent years. So I, I enjoyed it very much. Me too. Overall, I was I was really happy. No, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think it really felt like a software developer conference. It did not yeah. feel like a software development stroke marketing, uh, uh, stroke media, stroke journalist, stroke blah, blah, blah. Um, no, it was just bang on target with developers from the, from the word go to the end. It was all about developers. Yes. Well, I think that's it. I think we've, we've covered the highlights at we least. And obviously, we're going to learn more as the weeks go by about how this mm-hmm. is really going to work. But Thank both of you very much for talking about all these things, even the red hot moment that it was all done. So we can, we can let people know what happened. Yep. And I'll be beta testing on my good old iPhone seven plus. So I will uh, keep you posted if anything really exciting happens. I've got my iPhone 10 wound up to do it. I've got my iPad pro and I've got my, uh, one of my Macs. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I didn't need my phone so much for work. I, I'm tempted to put it on my 10 because then I could, then I could test the watch OS beta as well. So I'll probably end up doing it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to beta testing this time. And some of you think, Oh dear, do I have to beta test again? But every time they bring up a major new update, you think, okay, I've got to test again now. Yeah. So in spite of what Allison and David say, be very cautious about beta testing if you're doing it on your primary device. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No. You just you. may set yourself up for trouble with a big crash. A yeah. device that you are counting on to do things because yeah. it is a beta. And it's yeah. really cool that Apple has started allowing public beta testing, but people need Boy, can it be buggy. I I've heard, you know, just little tidbits that this that this version is actually pretty stable um but i'm going to have it on my 7 plus for a few days at least before i decide what else i'm going to do with it yeah and i guess you know obviously the goal clearly is that the betas get better as the summer goes on but it's it's, it can be a fairly unstable time there have been steps back there have been huge steps back where i remember once in 2000 now granted this was back in 2011 but beta 3 had voiceover Beta 4 had the voiceover sounds, but no voiceover speech. Uh-huh. So, yeah, yep, I remember yeah. that. It was, it was interesting. One thing I, I wish they would have announced as far as hardware is concerned, I know it's a software developers conference. 
I wonder where what or what's happened to the air pad for the you know the charging of your Apple yes. Watch. Oh yeah, I, I want do that. too. I really, really wanted that. They just I stopped just... talking about it. Yeah. They did sort of go very quiet on that one. So maybe it's gonna come out in September when they talk about the new iPhones coming out. I don't know. But yeah, just yeah. Thought, oh, could you just they, was the last thing? Isn't it right that they announced it last year? Yeah, last year. They yeah. did. It was and it was supposed to come early this year, but we're mm. halfway through already. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to wonder what happened with that thing. That is interesting. Yeah. Right, it's just like the elephant in the room. We just won't talk about it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, David, thanks again for doing this with us. It's always great well, to talk you. to you, and thanks for being here. My pleasure. No problem at all. All right, you all, let's wind this up so I can go through it a little bit and do a little editing and try to get this thing published this evening if I can. So until next time, you guys, this is Robert, one of the tech doctors, saying so long for now. And this is Allison, the other tech doctor, saying bye, everyone.